Well, we finally made it to the weekend. Happy Friday. Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. For today's episode, we're going to get into John Klingberg and why I'm not really too big of a fan of the Penguins signing him. If they do let Crystal Tang walk, I'm going to go into his underlying numbers, um, look at some of the stuff that Jay Fresh put out and why you know it's going to get worse before I think it gets better with him. Also going to get into some backup goaltending options on cap friendly guys. Casey Dismith is a free agent, and I'm not really sure he's going to be coming back. And then for the final segment, we're going to have a mailbag segment, which I haven't had in like months now, and I'll answer all of your questions that you sent me on Locked on Penguins Twitter account. So let's jump right into it. Episodes coming up right after this drop. You're Locked on Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins Podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LNR Store Penguins. I finally have a glass of water on. Um, for this episode, my, my voice is like groggy for some reason. I, I don't know what it is. I don't feel sick at all. Uh, maybe it's because I've just been yelling or something, but I don't really know what I've been yelling about. Um, <clears throat> definitely feeling a little groggy today, but still going to produce an episode for you all. Let's get right into it. So, you know, I've been reading a lot of takes on social media these last few days about, well, you know, John Klingenberg's out there, you know, why don't the Penguins go out and sign him? It's like, okay, you know, Klingberg, no, not, not a bad player. Um, I believe he is 30. I'm sure how old he is. 30. You know, he's 29. Yeah, I thought he was 30. So my mistake. Um, he is going to get a lot of money on this thing. It's funny. It's funny. He's only making 1.9 million on this contract right now at the stars. It's um, unless uh, unless that's unless Wikipedia um, just lied to me. Um, just make sure I get this right. Um, nope, that's not the one I want. There we go. No, yeah, that was a lie. Yeah, he's he's making 4.25. Um, he is probably going to get well upwards of 8 million per, probably, you know, 9 to 9.5. He's the premier defenseman on the market outside of Chris Tang. He's 29 years old. He is going to get a seven to eight year term. The Penguins, I'm here to tell you why they should not do this. So, um, Jay Fresh Hockey, um, Jack, of course, who's come on the show before, um, he put some data from all three zones and it said, turn, um, which players committed the most turnovers leading to a shot against at 5v5, which of course is a scoring chance. John Klingberg led the way among all defensemen with 16. Next close is Keandre Miller, Braden Schneider, Jake, Jacob Truba, Mike Matheson, and the number five. Crystal Tang comes in at number 16 with seven um, turnovers. Klingberg, 16 against the Flames. His underlying numbers <clears throat> in the seven games against Calgary on the ice for 32% of the shot attempts. 2-2 in actual goals for, which is whatever. 31% of the scoring chances. 34% of the high danger scoring chances. No high danger goals for, one high danger chance against. Um, he was absolutely dreadful in that series. And now let's go to Crystal Tang. Seven games for the Penguins at his age 35 season. On the ice for 50% of the shot attempts at even strength. Um, negative goal differential, but I think you know part of that is due to game six and seven. 
Um, expected goals percentage, 61%, was on the ice for 57.6% of the scoring chances, 66% of the high uh, danger uh, chances for, and then five high danger goals for, one high danger goals for against. Um, <clears throat> it, this is, it, it's night and day. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm going to take a sip of water real quick. It is a night and day difference. This guy is 29 years old. He's having a much worse season compared to someone who is 35 and who should be on the decline. Now, we're going to change it and go to the regular season for both these two players. I'm on natural stat trick right now, so let's take a look. Nope, not the return to play. We're going to go to the regular season. Okay, 74 games played for John Klingberg this year. He was on the ice at 5v5, 49% of the shot attempts for, 44% of the actual goals for, um, expected goals for, 62%, so not bad there, 52% of the scoring chances for, 53% of the high danger chances for, and then for actual high danger goals for, 51.9%. Now, we're going to go to Chris Tang here. 78 games for him, 51.2% of the shot attempts at 5v5, 56% of the actual goals for, almost a 70% expected goals for percentage, um, 53% of the scoring chances, 51% of the high danger chances, and then for actual high danger goals for 50% of those. So all in all, Latang had a better season at age 35 than Klingberg did at age 29. And, you know, to quote um, Tyler Weeks, of around the 412, and he said it best. Why would you pay premium top dollar for a worse version of Chris Letang that's going to get a much bigger contract when you can just pay four to five years of Letang at eight to eight point one million? Because in all likelihood, Klingberg is going to get more money than him just because teams can throw more, they have more term. It's that's the way NHL teams are. So I don't understand why so many people in this fan base think John Klingberg can do what Chris Letang does. He's way worse defensively. You know, offensively, you know, I wouldn't say it's a wash, but I still would prefer Chris Letang. But, you know, defensively, he he can't do what Chris Letang does in the defensive zone. He can't match up well against other teams' top competition. And, And you saw that in the first round against the Flames. He was absolutely buried. When he's on the ice, you know, I had some people tell me today, you know, maybe that's due because of the trade request and he's not giving it his all. I'm not really, I guess, a big believer of that, in my opinion. Um, I think he was playing his butt off no matter what. Um, the Stars kept him for their playoff run. They easily could have traded him and probably gotten a massive haul at the trade deadline. But at the end of the day, they kept him and I think he played as well as he could have. But, you know, he's obviously not going to be going back. Dallas, they have Miro Heiskanen ready to step up into the number one role. He's already getting $8.4 million, um, for the next several seasons. Again, um, he is not going to replace what Chris Letang brings to this lineup. And honestly, as you know, Dan Kovacevic on his Daily Shot of Penguins said on Friday morning, until someone can tell me who can actually replace Chris Letang's minutes on the top pair, whether that's his offensive production, his time on the power play, time very good time in the defensive zone, his leadership ability, all that, all of that. Unless someone can actually give me evidence, someone in this farm system on this team or outside the team can replace that. You know, the Penguins really have no choice in this matter. Jean Klingberg is not going to improve their defensive core. It's, It's going to take a step back. If Latang does walk, 
no matter what happens, unless you're trading for, I don't know, Jacob Chikrin and the Penguins do not have the assets to do that, or probably even Matt Dumba, or I think I saw a couple other options out there um, too. Um, you know, the, the, the Penguins just don't have the draft capital and the prospects that other teams would want. And it's already talent. Sure, maybe they would, but I don't think those teams are going to be looking for that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, that the Penguins really have no choice here. So I wanted to really touch on the John Klingberg stuff to open up the show because I'm seeing it too much. I know he's a right pairing defenseman. Everyone's like, oh my God, yo, he can easily replace Chris Dang. You know, he's so, he's so good offensively. But when you really dig deep and look at the underlying numbers and see that, you know, he's about to be 30 and he's already on the downswing of his career. When Chris Letang just had one of the best seasons of his career at age 35, why would you have make that downgrade? It just, that, that's not good asset management, um, at least to me. Um, again, I said it earlier this week. I'll say it again here. The Penguins have no choice but to extend Chris Letang. Simon are just about keeping the window open or trying to win that four Stanley Cup in the Crosby era. The defense suffers when he is not on the ice. It will be harder to make the playoffs next year without Chris Tang. And now people, I know people will come to me and say, well, Hunter, you know, they won the Stanley Cup in 2017 without him, but it's like, yeah, they also won that Stanley Cup due to Matt Murray being 937 and the Penguins PDO being through the freaking roof. You know, they were outplayed on a nightly basis during that entire run and great goaltending and great finishing saved them. I mean, they, they got very lucky to win that cup. You know, obviously banners hang forever. I'm not going to like get mad about winning that Stanley Cup, but it was just, it, it was something that was not going to be sustainable if that's how you're going to continue to win. Um, and say they moved Chris saying, you know, they, they, they were not going to sn- even sniff that again. So want to spend this first segment talking about that. I'm um, going into the numbers and just why I think it's best some other team pays Klingberg because um, there's going to be too many suitors for him. The Penguins should not be, you know, in that market. I know the Fenway Sports Group is going to want to spend their money, and rightfully so. I mean, you know, they, they always want to spend up with their cap for, for their teams. But for that player, you know, I'd rather just bring back Chris Sang, who just had a wonderful year. And, you know, I know the legs can go at any time. And defensively, I know he could also slip up at times. But, you know, I still think he's a hell of a player at this point. And the Penguins, he, he should be their number one priority, um, at least in my opinion. So coming up in the second segment, we're going to get into some backup goaltender options. I have cap friendly open. And yes, I understand. I, I have, I have till July for this stuff. So in case anyone wants to ask me about options, you know, I, I'll probably get there because I have over a month to stock this website and just be an absolute menace with creating lineups um, and stuff. But before we get to our second segment, I love brownies, but you know what I love more brownie batter. Sometimes I eat half the batter just while I'm making the brownies. Imagine if you could lick that brownie spatula clean and get some protein in. You are in luck because Bill has a new creation and this one is better than ever. The brownie batter puff. And you heard me right. This puff takes protein bars to a whole new level and they're available right now at built.com. Have you tried the built puffs yet? I'm not sure what you're waiting for. Puffs are a chocolate covered marshmallow protein bar. That is right. Deliciously favored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. With 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 7 grams of sugar, brownie batter puffs are the perfect pick-me-up for any day of the week. All of them are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with Built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy eating it. You can go to Built.com to get brownie powder puffs right now, and you can use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Penguins. I'm going to take a breather here just because my voice is killing me. All right. All right, hopefully the water just keeps doing the trick. All right, getting to some goaltending options. Obviously the number one on the list. Uh, well, first off, again, Louis Domingue and Casey DeSmith are UFAs. I don't see Louis Domingue coming back unless it's just on a two-way contract. Um, DeSmith, at this moment, I don't think he's coming back. Sure, you can get him for a very cheap contract. He's a backup goaltender. But with the injuries that he suffered at the end of the year, two years in a row, and how that's really affected the Penguins, I'm not sure Ron Hextall or you know whoever the general manager is, if he's not back, if he's not back, I'm not sure if they're gonna want to take that chance. Um, at least in my opinion. So obviously the number guy number one guy on the list, Mark Andre Fleury. I we've I've already seen the rumors from Elliot Friedman. Yeah, you know, he could find his way back to Pittsburgh. They could try to make it work. I've also seen the reports that Billy Guerin is trying to sign him to a deal as well as Cam Talbot. Don't really know how that's gonna work out for them. I definitely <coughs> Excuse me. I definitely do not think that's a good idea, um, especially that's just a disaster waiting to happen. But Flurry was not good this year, and I can go to Money Puck right now, especially in the playoffs. He did not have a good playoffs uh, for the while. You know, the the, the, the reigning Vesna Trophy winner um, was absolutely not good. Scrolling down here, twenty first among all goaltenders. In the playoffs, whoa, almost just screwed that up. Gave up almost two goals above expected, 9068 percentage, three goals against average. Um, his expected goals against average was 2.74. Um, not good enough. He's a lot older now. Um, I would only sign him two million for a year. I don't think he deserves 3.5 to four or anything like that. I mean, I know he's coming off a huge contract where um he was a seven million dollar cap and he's 37 now you could probably get him for cheap just because i'm sure money is not an option money i shouldn't say money is not an option but money probably doesn't really matter to him too much and i'm sure he would love the the thought of going back to pittsburgh finishing his career where it started you know him and Sidney crosby are very close um i think outside of let's hang and malkin i mean that's probably the the, the best teammate he's ever had but my question is this with mark andre Fleury. Tristan Jari is probably going to be back as the starting goaltender, and rightfully so, right? If he has a few bad games, how are the Yinzers going to react? Flurry, flurry, all throughout PBG Paints Arena. That may screw his Jari's confidence. Um, I just would want people to understand if they do bring Flurry in, you know, sure, it's an option. Anything is possible. Um, Jari is still going to be the number one guy. He had a much better season than Flurry. He's a better goaltender at this point. He is who you are building your goaltending future around. He was great during the regular season. He played well in that playoff game. He was really starting, I think, to put those demons to rest um, a little bit um, before that goal with 5:45 left, and then the overtime winner, um, which you know that's that's a whatever goal. There's so much traffic in front. Um, I think people would have to understand that Flurry is not coming in there to be the starter. Um, in a perfect world, I probably don't do it. Um, again, it makes sense if you can get them for a cheap deal, you know, I I can live with it, but if you're going out of your way to outbid teams to get a one B stop, stop gap option, um, who's well past his prime, 
I'm, I'm not a big fan of it, at least in my opinion. Uh, Miko Koskin of Edmonton, 33 years old. He's a UFA. Um, he would make sense, but also 903 save percentage this year, 3.11 goals against average. He wasn't really that good. I'd almost rather have Casey DeSmith at that point. Darcy Kemper, going to make a lot of money uh, on the market. 921 save percentage this year, playing outstanding with Colorado Avalanche. If they, so, if they don't bring him back, someone is going to pay him a lot of money. So I don't see the Penguins doing that. Thomas Grice, that would make sense, but he was also an 891 goalie this year, $3.6 million cap hit, 36 years old. Again, I would almost rather have Casey DeSmith um, at that point. Yorgiev is an RFA. I'm sure he's going to get qualified. So is Ilya Samsonov. Martin Jones, 900 save percentage. Braden Holpe would actually make sense. That's the funny thing. 913 save percentage, only a $2 million cap hit, 2.78 goals against average. Um, you know, is he better than DeSmith? You know, it's probably close to a wash, but he's a veteran option. You know, obviously he's not nearly as good as he used to be, but I, I, I would still love him as a backup. And it would be kind of funny again. I, I think I touched on this on the on my on an episode last year, um, just to see like the Yinzers who did the Holpe chance at PVG. It now comes for a full circle and he would play for the Penguins. So he is definitely an option that I would look at. He would come really cheap. Again, made two million this year. Um, you could probably get him for less than that, to be honest. Jack Campbell, not an option. Um, Yaroslav Halak, he's a UFA, 903 save percentage, 2.94 goals against average. He is 37 years old, but you know I would still look at him as a veteran stopgap option. David Riddick, 886 save percentage. I'd almost rather have Casey DeSmith at that point. Obviously, you do have DeSmith finished with a 914 save percentage, but again, I'm not really sure if he is going to come back. Outside of that, though, you know, <clears throat> there honestly is not too many other goalies. You know, Colin Delilah of Chicago, Phoenix Co uh, Copley of Washington, um, Caden Primo, who's an RFA, Malcolm Subban in Buffalo, um, Keith Kincaid with the Rangers, Scott Wedgwood. Um, that would make sense, I think. 9-10 save percentage to use with the Dallas Stars. Um, I would look at him potentially. He always played well against the Penguins throughout his career, too. So um, he is another option. Um, again, you know, there, there aren't, you know, too many good options for the Penguins, but I definitely think that they could upgrade, upgrade in some areas over to Smith. Again, you know, if, if you want to sign Flurry, maybe he gives you better goaltending than Casey to Smith, but you know, chances are he, he may not. Um, again, Braden Holpe makes sense. Yaroslav Halak makes a lot of sense. Um, Scott Wedgwood there, there's three names that I would look at right there. Um, you know, I do think if it is Hextall and Burke returning for the Penguins, they may be a bit more aggressive in going out and getting a backup goaltender. But they have options. They can always bring back Casey to Smith. I just, you know, I'm a little worried that's now two seasons in a row where it looks like he has it figured out going into the playoffs, only to find out that the first year gets hurt right before a game one starts. And then this year, he's been playing with basically a groin or a hip injury for six weeks. Um, just really bad timing, to say the least. So that wraps up the second segment on the backup goaltending options and who I would look at if the Penguins decide to not bring back Casey DeSmith. Casey DeSmith excuse me. Coming up in the final segment, I'm going to get into your mailbag questions, and I'm going to have fun with those. But before we get to that, our partners at BetOnline continue to be the, the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. 
All right, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Penguins. And again, I apologize for my voice probably sounding really groggy. Uh, again, I, I have absolutely no idea um, what's going on. Anyways, let's get to the mailbag questions here. So, Jackson Hollister asks, this is a great question. Setting aside the Penguins for agent contracts that they need signed, what do you think of hometown kid Vincent Trocek? Would be a good signing. Is it possible? Would Ron Hextall do it? What would your preferred contract look like? Okay. I figured I would get a Trocek question at some point here. Um, I will say this. For as much as I love Evgeny Malkin, it is easier to replace a second-line center than it is a top franchise defenseman. And again, I think the world of Gino would love to see him in Latang back. There are not many better second-line centers out there. Um, you know, look, look at some of the second line centers in the playoffs right now. The Rangers have what Ryan Schroem is their second line center and he's not even that good. Um, you know, whatever. And the, the Bruins center depth is also not even that good and they still made the playoffs. Obviously, Trocek is going to be a hot commodity on the free agent market. And it makes sense. Hometown kid would come home to play for his team that he grew up rooting for. One of the best players to ever come from Pittsburgh. Trocheck on his contract right now, earning 4.75. So he's going to be 29 when this contract is signed, it looks like. He is probably going to get a long-term deal. I could see that being six times six, six times six and a half, six times seven. Are the Penguins prepared to pay top dollar to get him? Because again, these are the kind of contracts that, you know, it's tough. He's, they're almost 30. They can go at any point. The legs could not be the same. The dip in play could not be good. Towards the end of that contract, it could get really ugly. That said, if the Penguins do decide to not bring back Evgeny Malkin, which, again, I disagree with that stance, I think Vincent Trocek would be at the top of their list to slot behind Sidney Crosby. He is great offensively and defensively. can play on your second power play, can kill penalties. Um, he is a player that I've long coveted to be on this team. I definitely think the Penguins would really go after him in free agency if they have the cap money to do it. They make some trades, open up some more cap money. I could definitely see them doing that. Again, it would be a heck of a signing. Is it possible, Jackson, right now? No. Let's see what happens leading up to free agents frenzy. Again, if Evgeny Malkin is not signed by then and he's talking with other teams and all that, then yes, that, that's when it's going to be, I think, really possible. Right now, I, it's kind of an unknown for me. That said, um, it would be a lot of fun to bring him in. Uh, I mean, you know, honestly, imagine a, a center depth of, you know, some, if you could somehow swing at him, uh, Malkin, Crosby, and like Teddy Bluger, Jeff Carter, something like that. I mean, that's, that's, that's deadly. Obviously, the salary cap is a very real thing. But – um, he is definitely someone, again, if Evgeny Malkin does walk, I would be very interested in uh, having him come. Um, and again, Jackson preferred contract for a preferred contract. You can get him below 6 million per that's a win, but you're going to have to pay a lot of money. It's going to be a lot, a big term, six, seven years. And it's probably going to be a six to six and a half AAV at most, maybe more. Um, Good question. Oh, thank you for asking that. Um, Nick Gilbert, the goat says, what are your thoughts on the Penguins signing uh, Valerie Nachuskin and Nikita Zadorov? Zadorov actually does make sense. He's had a heck of a year um, this year. If I can actually go to um, natural stat trick here real quick um, and just look up the Calgary Flames. Of course, I did not have this loaded up. Um, yeah, he has been, uh, if you look at the playoff game so far, 
eight games, been on the ice for 63% of the shot attempts, 63% of the actual goals, um, 64% of the expected goals, 63% of the scoring chances, 61% of the high danger chances. Guess um, if if the Penguins do decide to make a move, uh, even if they bring Chris Tang back and say they move out, I don't know, Brian Dumoulin or another left-handed fence and say it's Mike Matheson or um, Marcus Patterson. And again, I don't think it's going to be any of those two, but you know, say it is Brian Dumoulin. Um, Zadorov would be someone that I would go after. And I believe Gil, I believe Nick, you are right that he is a free agent. If I'm checking this correctly on cap friendly. Yeah. So 27 years old, 3.75 million. He might be in line for a raise. You're probably going to have to pay, pay 4 million plus, but, and also Brian Dumont makes over 4 million. I'm sure the Penguins would have no problem spending that money for Zadorov. Now, is he a top pairing defender? Probably not, but they may have no choice, but but putting him up there with Chris Letang, if he is brought back, he can actually play both positions. Um, but I think he's primarily been used as a lefty. You know, Zadorov Letang would be interesting just because if he can continue this play moving forward, this was a player that was really never good um, up until this year. Um, he, he would definitely be someone that I would I would love to go after um, if presented the chance. Nachuskin Nick, he's going to be out of their price range. Um, he was absolutely ridiculous this season, well over a point per game. Um, I don't see the Penguins going after him. He's that's going to be, excuse me, that is going to be a price range that the Penguins I don't think will touch. Um, he's got that, that actually might be prime for one of the biggest overpayments on a free agent frenzy, in my opinion. Um, heck of a player, I just don't see the Penguins. I'm getting him. Um, Philip Cox, this is a great question. Your favorite, your three favorite all-time Pittsburgh Penguins backup goaltenders. Okay. Number one, at least from my era, Tomas Okun. I mean, he was so much fun to watch. I mean, it was the perfect signing by Ray Shiro, too, right? Flurry Hill was melting down in the playoffs, was stinking up the joint. And then against the Islanders, is really bad through four games. Okun saves them, plays his butt off against the Senators, and then plays really well against the Bruins. It's just he was not the reason why the Penguins got swept in that series. Um, he is one of my favorite backup. He probably probably my my favorite backup goaltender ever, in my opinion. Um Brent Johnson was a lot of fun just because he he was always like le- at least league average. And obviously what happened with Di Pietro was great, but you know he was always a fun backup uh to Fleury. Uh, Matthew Garon from way back in the day, I think that was in 2007, 08, um, he was always underrated behind Flurry. To um, would the Moose qualify as a backup option, even though he started quite a bit of games? Um, if if I if we are counting that as a backup option, obviously the Moose would be up there. Um, to I, I I love Johan Hedberg. I will never say a bad thing about him. But again, definitely Philip Tomas Vokun, hundred percent. Um, you know, we're going back into the, if you want to go way back, Frank Peter Angelo, obviously. Um, but you know, again, definitely Vokun, Brent Johnson, Matthew Garon, probably my top three. But if we do count uh the moose, Johan Hedberg, I would probably bump Brent Johnson out and have Garon and Hedberg in there with you, uh, Vokun. I would definitely say those are my three favorite all-time penguins goalies. Um, at least for as long as I've been alive. Um, I don't think again, I don't think people realize how good Garan was um back in those cup those early cup runs when they lost to Detroit and then uh, beat Detroit in um 
0809. So then um, Ryan asks, saw this on an ad for projected Penguins lineup. What if what what of this is possible and do you like this? Okay. Ryan, this is definitely, I think, fantasy land. Um, it's it's awesome. Don't get me wrong. Um, I can see some of these players, but not all these players. So he has uh, this is from I think from top down hockey. Jake Gensel, Sidney Crosby, Ricard Raquel, David Perron of Guinea Malkin, Valerie Nachuskin. Let me stop you right there, Ryan. David Perron is not coming back to the Penguins. Uh, he's going to make a lot of money. I don't see it with the Penguins. Um, he, I, he stung the last time he was here. Um, Nachuskin, again, I don't see him being here. I think he's going to make too much money on the open market. Tyler Bertuzzi would be fine. I can see that if the Red Wings want to make a change there. Um, well, if, if he also wants to get you know the, the shots, but you know that's a different story. Dylan Strome, that would be interesting if the, if the Hawks want to make that change. Dan Heinen would love to see him back. Teddy Bluger. William Carrier, that would be fun. I would love to see William Carrier on the Penguins. He's always been a good bottom six player. Uh, Logan O'Connor from the Avalanche. Yep, that, that makes sense at least. Um, Chris Letang, Jonas Siegenthaler. Siegenthaler on the top pairing, though? I don't know. That just seems... I think his metric. I think his metrics weren't bad. If I can go up to find the... Um, find the, uh, the Devils here on Cap Friendly... No, not cap for not on cap friendly. Jesus, on the um, uh, the regular season. Then we go to Jonas Siegenthaler. Yeah, his numbers actually aren't bad. Fifty-one percent of the shot attempts at five v five, forty-six percent of the actual goals, fifty-two percent of the expected goals, fifty-five percent of the scoring chances, fifty-seven percent of the high danger chances. So, you know, honestly, that that could work. Um, he is. Um, I'm trying to. How much does he make? Is my question. Looking here real quick. Oh, yeah, 1.125, but he's also um, an RFA. I don't think the Devils are going to move him, in my opinion, um, unless he's asked out, but I don't think he has. Um, would be awesome, but I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Mike Matheson with Mark, Mark Freeman there, Chad Ruedel, Brandon Carlo. I don't know if uh, Brandon Carlo is going to leave Boston. I think there's a good chance he could resign there. And then he has Flurry and Jari as the goaltenders. Again, some of this definitely does work. Again, you know, like a Dylan Strom. Tyler Bertuzzi, but I also think Jeff Carter is going to be on the team next year, so maybe Dylan Strom may not work. William Carrier would be fine. Logan O'Connor would be interesting. Um, but again, I don't think Siegenthaler is realistic. Brandon Carlo, I don't think is that realistic. Um, Fleury, maybe a little realistic if it's because of the hometown stuff. And again, I don't think David Perron comes back either. But that lineup that I just read would definitely, I think, have the Penguins as a Stanley Cup contender. Um, that's for damn sure. And it brings back Evgeny Malkin. And Crystal Tang uh, would be a lot of fun. Now, is it is it likely just because it's cap friendly and it's you know roster builders? No, the Penguins would have to do a lot of finagling with the salary cap, um, to say the least. There. And finally, this is from Alan T. Yoder about the retaliation penalty, specifically the Rodriguez sequence. Maybe think about this: if they can review hits to the head and high sticking and reduce them from major or minor, do you think they could somehow use the same technology to go back and look at why a player may have acted the way they did? and eliminate the retaliation penalty or even call both players? Or do you have another idea to fix this? I hate when guys get penalized for standing up for themselves. Yeah, I think Allen in a perfect role, you know, they would be able to do instant replay there. Uh, or you could, like, challenge that play or something like that. But I'm not really sure that's ever going to come to the NHL. It, it would be interesting because, you know, you're right. Um, that play that you're referencing, Ryan Lindgren, he should have been penalized. I understand why Rodriguez did what he did. It was a stupid play, but again, I know what he was coming from because he felt like 
that was a penalty. And you know they, they called Lindgren on that penalty. The Penguins get the power play. It's at least two nothing seven minutes into this into the second period. Who knows what happens the rest of that game? There's no there's no none of those chain reaction or events. Events, excuse me, where the Rangers score five seconds into that power play that they got, and then they make it two two right after, and then three two, and then the, the Malkin gets the goal. You know none of that happens. It's a whole different game probably um, plays out. So. I understand where you are coming from. Again, I would probably like to see them use instant replay there or Toronto can buzz down and be like, hey guys, you know, you got this wrong. We have this on replay here. This is this is not a penalty. And you know, it's it's very rare that they will go back and nullify a penalty or change the penalty. You know, usually what they call on the ice when they do that, with in motion for those on YouTube, it stands. But at the end of the day, you know, I don't see much changing unless NHL GMs push for it at the GM meetings or the competition committee pushes for it. Um, I, I, I agree with you, Alan. You know, I don't like when guys get penalized and they're the only one that goes, yet they they ignore um, the first penalty because, you know, refs are always looking for the retaliatory ones. Always. It's it's one of the dumbest things with NHL officiating. It, it always has been. Um, you know, if they would just do their jobs right um, and, you know, actually call the penalties – on the ice before someone retaliates, none of those retaliatory penalties happen. So, you know, unless something drastic changes, um, I don't see them changing up their style with it. But again, um, Toronto buzzing down would be a great option. Instant replay for officials, you know, going, you know, to the monitor or, you know, potentially more of a challenge system in the NHL, like how the NFL does it. Because right now, you know, in the NHL, you can only challenge offsides and goaltender interference. You know, could, could that expand a little bit? That could be something to watch or monitor in the future. So I appreciate all of your questions, you know, especially with Cap Friendly and Vincent Trocek and you know, my favorite three backup goaltenders of all time. Really appreciate you all asking those. Um, this was a longer episode. I appreciate all of you listening to this one. I will be back with another episode on Monday. Again, I don't know if Ron Hextall is speaking to the media this weekend. It's been almost a week since the Penguins were eliminated. Definitely has a weird vibe that um, something could be coming. Again, I have not heard a thing. Um, haven't really poked around about it. I'm kind of kind of wait to see how that all shakes out. Of course, when something breaks um, or if Hextall does speak to the media, you all will be the first to know with that. So again, thank you all so much for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you listening to this the show. And I'll be back on Monday with a fresh episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful weekend.